Diamonds are forever They are all I need to please me They can't stimulate to tease me They won't leave in the night I've no fear that they might desert me Diamonds are forever Hello and welcome to Drive and Double Feature Podcast. I'm Nathan. I'm Ryan. And this is the podcast where we talk about two movies a week every Tuesday and Thursday. But before we get into today's movie, I want to talk to you guys about Patreon over at patreon.com slash drive and double feature podcast. We have a bunch of bonus episodes doing some just general fun stuff over there. Really check it out. Only for $5 a month you get that content. And also you help support the show, help us get some fun rentals and stuff like that but getting into today's movie we're we're back to bond we're returning we are to bond yes i know we're a week late on this one and i got a lot of emails really angry about it but don't worry bond is here uh, uh, james bond fan 206 <laughs> <laughs> wasn't happy uh <laughs> Mina fan 36 also was upset uh <laughs> But no, we actually have a returning Bond. Sean Connery is back for his actual last Eon James Bond role. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like a return to a lot of things because Guy Hamilton's back to direct this one. Mm -hmm. Goldfinger, or, sorry, the Goldfinger director. It's 1971. We got a new decade and we have a brand new movie. So Ryan, what is your experience with Diamonds Are Forever? Have you seen this one before? I have again watched this one with my dad, and okay. uh, it uh, not one I remember greatly. It wasn't usually like usually like my dad usually watched a lot of the same Connery ones. This is probably on the lower end, but I've probably have seen this twice. I want to say beforehand, so not one of the one I watched multiple times. But uh, you know, it's it's good. It's a good Bond movie. Yeah, I, I agree. I actually like this Bond. Um, I don't think it's amazing. I do think maybe it's on the lower end of Connery movies, but I still think it's like a fun, silly Bond. It, it feels like they skipped over Honor Majesty's Secret Service like seriousness and just went back to the silliness of You Only Live Twice. Uh, it it definitely feels like, oh, Connery's back. Let's He's going to be... Uh, He's going to sleep around. He's going to punch some women and he's going to have some nasty one liners. Yeah. Well, like you said, which is, uh, I don't know. Like I thought, cause I remember reading, you know, Sean Connery said he actually really liked honor majesty's secret service. So I thought mm -hmm. maybe they might go and like, maybe like the way to like entice him to come back would be, Oh, like, we might do another serious one, but this one's pretty much just like in the same vein as you only live twice or something. Maybe not that ridiculous, but it's, there's still a level of like comedy there where there's still yeah. a lot of like one liners, like you said, or just ridiculous moments. Well, I, did you happen to watch the documentary for Diamonds yeah. Are Pro? Yes, I did. I did watch the documentary for this one. And it, and it was really interesting. It sounded like there was a whole lot leading up to this. Because as we talked in the last uh, episode, George Lazenby quit. His, his, you know, his agent said, Bond is dead. You're going to do something else. And so he left. 
and they actually almost got an American for this role. Well, there was so much that was going to be different about this movie because originally the bad guy for this was supposed to be Goldfinger's like twin brother or something like that. For when it seemed like they wanted to capture Goldfinger again, because that was like the first blockbuster. Well, yeah. So they brought back Guy Hamilton specifically, and they're what they're thinking. Okay, well, Bond's gonna this Bond's gonna be mostly set in Las Vegas, so let's make this an American Bond movie. Mm -hmm. And like you said, they originally were gonna have Goldfinger be the bad guy, and then they were looking at the script, and then they're just like, "Oh my god, we cannot use this at all." And they had to bring in Tom Makowinson to basically rewrite the whole thing. I think nephew to Herman Mankiewicz, the guy who wrote Citizen Kane. Uh, Never heard of it. It's an all right movie. I think it's okay. Uh, Maybe underrated. Uh, (laughs) But uh, so I I guess like just as a side question, what do you think about an American bond? Because I feel like we're going to see this repeat itself over the course of like this film history is like oh let's do an american bond i feel like they're always toying with an american bond and i I don't know if i personally don't think it's the right fit i i don't feel it's the right fit at all um it's so inherently british that Mm. it would be very alarming to have like an american actor like just just totally speak without a british accent it would or any type of accent because i mean i know sean connery you know he's scottish or whatever and yeah george lazenby is australian so mm-hmm. it's he's they haven't gotten an actual a british person to play him yet but um i don't know i just i don't think it would have worked well i mean there's plenty of other action movies or spy movies and, and american ones where i think probably pulls it off a little better so yeah. i don't I don't think that would have worked as a as a uh, one because they're originally going to get John Gavin the yeah the, uh, the the other male lead of Psycho the, the Janet Lee's uh, uh, or I guess Janet Lee's sister's boyfriend in that movie yeah yeah which I don't even think that that would have been a weird pick I I don't know I feel like Americanizing it just kind of kills the character a little bit just wait for Remo Williams also directed by Guy <laughs> Hamilton. <laughs> now there you go there's there's an american hero uh but no they ended up did getting they did get sean connery back into this uh for a crazy asking price for the time i think he was was the most paid role of all time at that point of 1.25 million dollars um and if you think that's just a cash grab i really liked watching the documentary so i could learn this was that he actually started a trust fund for um for scotland for scottish filmmakers so they could get their movies funded if they just wanted to stay there and film. And I, I think that's actually pretty awesome that he did that. Yeah. He donated his entire fee to that. Yeah. And cause it was kind of like at the point where he really wanted this thing to work out and they were like, okay, well, if we give you this amount of money, it'll have so much money in there that it'll be too big to not fail it, or too big, yeah. too big to fail. Excuse me. And also, too, he actually got a, a two-picture deal from That's right. United Artists, too. So that was the other, which I believe the movie was called the, I think it was called The Offense or The, or the Off, The the Offense. Yeah, yeah The Offense. And who, who directed that again? It's like someone. Uh, Sidney uh, Lumet. 
Oh, Sydney Lumet. Yeah. Okay. So it looks that big director. I've never seen that movie, but uh, I haven't either. But they did. They have worked together before because Sydney Lumet also directed. Um, didn't he also he directed Murder on the Orient Express, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, he also directed The Hill, which was yeah. also Sean Connery was in. Yeah. Yeah. And then later on, he directed a uh, Family Business, right? Uh, the mafia movie with with Sean Connery in it. Am I thinking oh, of the right? Am I thinking of the right person? Family. I don't know if I've seen that movie, Family Business. I I have for whatever reason. I saw Monkey Business. <laughs> That's a classic. <laughs> Family Business. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's an obscure movie. Honestly, it's not that good. But they did. They worked together multiple times. They were like fan. Like I I think I've read that they were really good friends behind the scenes. Well, then he came out with Highlander and his whole career just changed. Yeah, yeah. And then nobody heard from him again. <laughs> until Highlander 2. <laughs> yeah, until Finding Forrester. It's like, where are you? Um, You're the man now, dog. Wow. <laughs> Do you think anybody listening will get that? Uh, if my brother is, then yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, shout out to your brother. Um, but... Uh, I guess getting into the movie. Um, Let's talk about something else. Yeah, I don't really want to talk about Diamonds Are Forever. <laughs> no, uh, th- this movie, it, the way it opens almost makes me, it feels like they wanted to make a direct sequel to um, Honor Majesty's Secret Service and you only live twice at the same time because it opens in Japan, right? Uh, or, you know, some dude gets karate chopped. He's in Japan. He's looking for um, for Blofeld. But also, it makes you feel like, oh, is he on his vengeance trip from the marriage he's killing on... from the last movie? <laughs> he's on a rampage. That's what it feels like. Because I think this is a really weird Bond opening. Because, like, it has, it actually, it you know, it's about the plot of the movie. It ends up connecting to the plot of the movie. Um, rather than just being like an offshoot to the rest of the movie. I, you know, I didn't really, I didn't think it worked, honestly. Uh, I, to me, like the Bond opening has got to be really super exciting. And this one, like, even though he was on a rampage, it wasn't like super like amped up type of thing. And he was, Mm -hmm. you know, this one, you know, you'd think now he's like, oh, well now it's personal type of thing. And, you know, he would be, enraged perhaps but he's very much very cool calm and i thought they were going to do kind of like the the silhouette like before like with yeah. the with george lazenby but no it's just like oh yeah sean connery's back yeah let's move yeah. on and maybe it's because sean sean connery is looking so much older than he did last time we saw one of these movies oh my god i, I hate to say that but he definitely looks like <laughs> more bloated like definitely <laughs> yeah looks, like definitely looks like he's put on some weight for this. Oh, and, oh yeah. And, uh, you know, but I guess, you know, it, it has been eight years. He's in his forties now. That is but, true. It, so. I mean, and Sean Connery honestly is one of those actors that looked like an old man for a very, very long time. So he's just entering that stage of his career, honestly. Yeah. But you know, he, he still looks like James Bond though. I mean, he's, I mean, yeah. I mean, he still looks like, iconic so yeah i mean and he's good at this role i i so i i guess talking about like uh 
appraisal of this movie i you know i left it and i enjoyed it i thought it was an enjoyable bond i guess fans really don't like this one this one's on lower on the totem pole which i understand but i see a lot of comments against sean connery and i actually think he's fine in this i you know i i think he's good Mm -hmm. i don't feel like he put in his best effort okay i could see and and I think that's what a lot of people are like. He's lazy. He doesn't care, which I don't think it's that extreme by any no. means, but I don't feel like he's got the same energy as he once did. And, but, you know, it's still a very ser- serviceable role. But let me ask you this, though comparing the two roles, do you think this role, he did a better job than George Lazenby did? And then, not compared to any of the other Bond movies, just just this those one, two. just this one performance. You know, I was watching it and I did think that George Lazenby did do a better job. I actually, I actually do think so. Um, I, I think in like the one before that and like the few before that, Connery was better, but maybe here Lazenby just brought a new energy to it that I really liked. And, uh, and Sean's definitely, I think he's good. But not like, like you said, he's not 100% the Bond that we know from the other movies. I mean, for me, I mean, it's, it's, how uh, it's the old saying goes. It's like, he's like ice cream. There's no such thing as a bad Sean oh, Connery, okay. James Bond performance. So, so you like Lazen, you, sorry, you like Connery better than Lazenby. Look, I, Lazenby was really good mm-hmm. in that role and his acting presence, but if I want like a actual, like how I expect James Bond to act, I, I would rather watch Sean Connery. Cause you know, at that point it's like, you know, you're con- it's comfortable, it's familiar, mm-hmm. that type of thing. That's why I never really warmed up to, well, we'll talk about it when we go on, but I didn't warm up to Roger Moore as much as, as, Con- uh, yeah. as Connery does. Cause I just, I have a picture in my mind of what bond looks like and that's just what it is but i get it like i said do and if i'm judging purely based off of acting in movie roles then yeah lazenby was better mm-hmm. but in terms of like who was a better james bond i would probably say sean connery yeah you know i i totally get that i i get so, that um but um I, again though like the <laughs> the george lazenby movie that was so different from any other bond movie. Like even this one, it's like, like, like the diamonds are forever pretty much is almost like, it's not even skipping a beat from you only live twice. Yeah. It feels like the direct sequel. Like it really, it feels like, Oh yeah, this is just us playing the same thing down the silliness rabbit hole almost. Right. So, I mean, it very much feels like, so that's why when on her Majesty's secret service, which is basically like a serious love story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, that's so different from any of these other movies, which, you know, I like that they're trying new things though. Mm-hmm. So. We'll see what happens as the series goes on though. Cause I, I think the Roger Moore movies, that's like a whole different thing in itself, but you know how different the series would be if George Lazenby did get his seven picture deal and we saw seven Lazenby movies. I don't know. I don't know what it would be like. You know, it's an interesting what if scenario. It I mean, is. It, it could it could have been good, um, but it could have also ruined the franchise. But at the same time, uh, 
Sean Connery, he did come back for this one, but it was pretty much explicitly written in the contract. Like, this is it. This is the last one. I'm not doing any more. Don't, don't even try coming back to me. Exactly. Uh, which is crazy because they gave this man a million dollars. Like, but I mean, I get it. He's done this role for so long. He's probably tired of it at this point. New, new horizons. Well, and there's a, uh, on the, uh, special features for diamonds are forever there is like a little sit down interview like when sean connery uh they did interview him the same time this movie came out so 1971 the bbc did an interview with him Mm -hmm. and he kind of he does say that he's you know they're like oh well i mean what's your feelings of the character i mean were you kind of he's like well you know i've never really had any um, dissatisfaction with the character i've always felt you know it's it's a great character you know i love playing him it was fun type of thing and they're like oh well you know are you going to come back are you going to do more and he's like no it's just came back for the one and like well, why is that like why don't you want to do more and he's just like i you know like i'm a guy that likes trying different things and mm-hmm. i don't you know he was he was mentioning all these other hobbies that he likes to do you know like, like golf like golf was like the big one and then mentions you know he's part of like a like a board of directors for a bank and oh, wow. like <laughs> all these other ventures so i could honestly see that like i mean there's some actors that just like they don't want to be pigeonholed into like one role for the rest of their life i mean i mean take a look at these like marvel people i mean some of them it's just like oh well i guess they're going to be playing thor for <laughs> the rest of their lives yeah or whatever yeah, you know, like uh, you know, they they get paid millions and millions. they get paid a lot of money for these roles, but it's like, well, I don't want, I don't want to do this forever. But Marvel movies are a whole different beast because you got to work out, get ready, prepare for those. And it looked like Sean could just like, yeah, I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'll just come in and do this movie. Yeah, that was the thing. He did ma- mention that he was like, "What about you?" Has changed. He's like, "I put on some weight." <laughs> <laughs> that that must be nice. Um. But no, I mean, I, I guess getting back to the movie, though, um, you know, it, like we talked about, this opening's a little weak. He he does find Blofeld, but he finds like because I guess they, they're another new Blofeld too. Uh, oh, another new Blofeld. I I didn't write down the actor's name, but he is act. He was in You Only Live Twice, which is funny. So <laughs> they, but not as Blofeld, of course. Um, but he's fine. He's all right. I I don't think anything will ever live up to um uh, uh, God, uh what's to, his? Uh, Donald Donald Don- Pleasance. Donald Pleasance. I'm glad you yeah, you're on the same wavelength. Nothing will live up to that. Or I even liked him better in Honor Majesty's Secret Service. I was gonna say I I like Donald Pleasance. I do like Telly Savalas too, but I don't to me he's to me, there's nothing special about this Blofeld performance. Not really. He's just kind of like a bad guy. I, I don't know. Just like he's just serving the plot. He has cats. And this one's all about doubles because he's making doubles, um, like clones of him through plastic surgery, through like mud baths. Um, the, tr- the, <laughs> the transition from the opening to like the, the title sequence I think is horrible where like yeah. he just turns his head, a cat meows and it zooms in on its eye. It, I know it, it's bad, but the song's great. Diamonds are forever. Shirley Bassey's back there. Once again, trying to get that gold finger gold. Uh, 
but it's a great song. This is this is one of my favorites. But yeah, no, Diamonds Are Forever is great. This title sequence, I think, is I, I like this diamonds, this uh title sequence. It's classic Bond, you know, like cutouts of diamonds and women dancing, but it, you know, it's kind of psychedelic. I like it. Now I was gonna say, so this movie's all about diamonds. Uh, if you couldn't tell, there's it's all about diamond mines and smuggling diamonds uh illegally to America, well, actually all across the country. But in this process, we get introduced to Mr. Wint and Mr. Kid are kind of like henchmen bad guys in this movie. Um, uh, I forget the name of the other guy, but one of them is uh, Crispin Glover's dad, which is... Oh, uh, is that? Yeah, that's Crispin Glover's dad. Um, oh, uh, uh, wasn't that like Bruce Glover? I think so, yeah. And then, um, and then the other guy, uh, he he's like in a lot. He does a lot of music. He, he's in like Putter Smith. Putter Smith, yeah, Putter Smith. And um, he like he would he would play uh, with Felonious Monk. He was like a jazz bassist. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that they're an interesting pairing. I don't think the humor sticks a lot of the time, but they're at least like interesting. I guess they're like a weird companion to this movie. Yeah, well. I guess I wasn't reading into it too much, but supposedly this was supposed to be like a gay couple that were yeah. assassins. That didn't hit me until later in the movie because they, they hold hands at one point in the beginning, but I guess I didn't notice that. I was just like, oh, I didn't either. They're kind of just like, you know, two dudes. And then, but then later, the uh, I think it's Mr. Wentz is like, oh, that woman was pretty for a woman. And, and the other guy gives him this look and I, I didn't get it. But then I, I slowly as the movie went on, I was like, are, are they gay? Is that what they're going for? It's like, I feel like it's the way they would do it in the 70s. Make these characters gay, but not say anything. Not really make a deal out of it. That's the thing. But I, that's how they were playing it. And mm-hmm. that they, they were like, well, you know, we didn't explicitly say it. But, you know, like, if you know, you know. <laughs> I guess so. And now we know. And now all the listeners know. Um but yeah, we get th- this scene where they're like in the desert and he sticks a scorpion into a guy's back to kill him, but a dentist. And he, he gets his attention in the dumbest way possible. But, but Mr. Wentz like, oh, my tooth. Ow. Like, you wouldn't, you couldn't tell this is a trap. And the dentist's like, what, what's up? What's up? I'll help you out. Open your mouth. I'll check you out <laughs> right here in the desert. Well, and the special the thing too, it's like the desert and it's like, the like all, the sun's almost down too so it's mm-hmm. like you couldn't even see anything in a guy's mouth if you open up your mouth like it was like if it was like dark outside yeah and, and then he, oh, but that was but the alternate take of that though was he shoved well, like the in the movie he shoves it down the back of the guy's shirt and the scorpion does it but it in the original cut, he had the scorpion and he shoved it in the guy's mouth. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, oh my god, that is, that is a little brutal for this movie. But I think the other way where he gets the scorpion down his back is so cheesy, because the way this guy dies, yeah. he's like, ah, and he's like got his arm raised and falls back slowly. Yeah, like a statue. Yeah, it's so goofy. Um, but the M stuff, I, I don't think it really... It's not very interesting, honestly. He just gets told about the diamonds and James Bond goes on his trip. I, this this one, this James Bond is part of the League of James Bond that aren't complicated. There's really no complicated I, anything here. I, I was about to say, like, the, the, the mission 
dossier or whatever you want to say it like is mm. so basic like there's these diamonds being smuggled into the country and we think there's a plot to undercut their value and you need to find out where these diamonds are getting stolen you're just like okay and just <laughs> yeah a plot begins and then uh it, you know it, it uh, james bond becomes uh an alter ego becomes like another guy money penny literally hands him a passport with all the info and they okay i gotta say i one thing i do think was sorely missing from on her majesty's secret service was the uh the little playful chemistry between money penny and bond because yeah. i don't think like i said in the other review i don't think uh george lazenby and her really had that chemistry but no. then but then when i see him again i'm like yeah, I can see it again. I can see that yeah. that that tenseness, that sexual tension again. Yeah, because with Lazenby, they tried to set it up like, oh, it's like this old forgotten romance. They once loved each other and then it broke apart. This is like, oh, I'm just flirting with you because I find you attractive in a way. It, it, it's it's fun. I don't know. I, I totally agree. And I really am sad that it's going away. Money, Penny, what would you like from Holland? And then it's like, uh, oh, I... I a ring a diamond with a ring on or like on a ring how about a tulip <laughs> and then he drives off <laughs> it's great no I, I think that's one of my favorite money penny i wish there was more money penny in this movie she, i know i money penny is she's such a great character i know i love i love the actress that plays her she she does a really great job um but you know he does go to holland he goes to amsterdam Wow, we, two weeks in a row we got a movie <laughs> set in Amsterdam. James Bond visits the Anne Frank house, makes yeah, out he, with the girl there. You know, you say this as a joke, but that actually feels like something James Bond would do. <laughs> uh, but no, he does go to Amsterdam and we get to meet one of the, the Bond girls, uh, Tiffany Case, played by uh, Jill St. John, um, who... Um, I think at first I really liked her. I think in these scenes I like her because she's actually the first American Bond girl. And I think at first they play her as like a strong character. And I really like um, the setup of her becoming in and being blonde. And then she goes in the other room, comes back a brunette. And then she goes back <laughs> into the room and changes into a redhead. And of course, Bond has to make a carpet matching the drapes joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, I... I, I didn't like her as a blonde girl because uh, well it's I liked her at first is I, my I, thing yeah um I think her character gets so dumb and so like it, it it really sucks because coming off a Bond girl like the one in Honor Majesty's Secret Service that is a great Bond girl that's a great side character really works with it she's just like just a tool and becomes a comic thing at the end of the movie Compared to Tracy, because like I said, Tracy was just such a strong character and mm -hmm. you actually could, you know, you knew like who she was. She had thoughts, feelings, all that. and She had like a, a history to her. This one, it's just like, they, they like she starts like, like you said, she starts out as really capable type of like jewel smuggler, mm -hmm. but then she just becomes like they write her to be so like, airheaded almost yeah. it, it almost feels like because she, she, she does sleep with sean connery and it becomes like 
you know, they sleep with each other and she's instantly, it's the classic, she's instantly in love and is like, wants everything to do with him, will like just lose her old life of being a bad guy just to have time with James Bond. And, and he sleeps with her multiple times through this movie. She just kind of gets dragged along just almost for that. Um, I do like though, so he plays, because uh, Bond at first is playing, I think, uh, what was it? Peter Franks, he was going yeah. by. And then the guy actually named Peter Franks like shows up to try to kill Bond. The Bond ends up killing him. And uh, he plants his like ID badge and the Peter Franks. That way when Tiffany shows up, she's like, oh my God, who was that? And he pulled it like, oh, it was James Bond. And then she's like, oh my God, you killed James Bond. That, that made me laugh. I thought that was a good joke. <laughs> and he's like, uh, I guess he wasn't so indestructible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this scene is good. Because, you know, the fight between the both of them in the elevator, tight space, breaking windows. It was actually a really good fight scene. I, I, thought I like that scene. Moment. I thought the intro to it was silly. Because you, do you remember how that scene starts with Sean Con- Connery? It's him doing the old kissing himself in public to make it look like he's kissing somebody. I, I There was that. And then he's also like, and then when he showed up, he's like, oh, I speak very good English too, or whatever. Yes, he's putting on the horrible accent. Uh, it, it, it's 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 rough, but you know, once the fight happens and everything after, I, I think it works really well. Um, but he ends up getting the diamonds, and he goes to America. He meets he meets Felix Leiter when he lands, so he he's back in this one. But very boring version of Felix. I don't think he, this guy even brought anything really to the table for me. I honestly, he was so one no i didn't even realize like it was supposed to be felix until they're like until they said oh mr lighter or whatever so exactly um but he sneaks the diamonds inside of this dude's dead body i i do like this where they have to take the casket to get it cremated so the diamonds will be the only thing that comes out in the end i I think i think that's a pretty cool thing um my only there's this part where James Bond ends up in a casket and he almost gets cremated. And it's actually really horrifying because like the flames oh, are going around. I'm like, I, I was seriously watching like, oh my God, could you imagine this happening to you? No, like anything claustrophobic like that, that would freak me out. Like you just see mm-hmm. flames coming in, but I, so I, cause it was the, the funeral director also turned out to be in on the jewel smuggling and they Mm -hmm. were killing bond because that was like kind of like the thing where it's like oh once you get the diamonds you 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 die like that like they like any jewel smugglers that were getting killed off during this whole thing yeah just one by one it was like just the line anybody who touches the diamonds gets killed did you think this cut was weird of him getting like burnt in the casket and then just hard cut to the casket being opened it made no sense to me I did because I was I was so confused at first because the casket is on fire at mm-hmm. one point and and then in the next scene like like you said it's like he's trying to get out and then all of a sudden the casket just gets flung open and he's like in the middle of a room and yeah. like nowhere nowhere near the incinerator so it made no sense to me it was like a really weird cut no like scene of them getting pulled out it almost made me feel like is was he imagining this was this in his imagination i don't know i i would i, I don't know but you know he's got like the little 
one-liner where he's just like, all right, ta-ta, you know, type of thing. Yeah, Bond's always got to say something. Um, But as soon as he gets out of there, you know what he does? He gambles. He's in Vegas, and he's in Vegas for the rest of the movie. Vegas is always a fun setting. I don't know. There's something about Vegas lights, gambling. It's always a fun watch to me. I think it can elevate a movie a little bit. I, there, there's something about Vegas, like in the 70s or whatever, mm-hmm. or 60s, where it just looks so cool. Yeah, it I does. Mean, like, yeah. I mean, now it, I don't really have any desire to go to Vegas or anything like that. But mm-hmm. um, it, it's just funny to see how it's portrayed back then. But we do get introduced to the other Bond <laughs> yes. girl. And uh, it's probably the scene I laughed at the the most because mm-hmm. uh when she gets introduced she just says like there's like a she's with like another like heavy set dude and mm-hmm. he's like come on let's, let's go back up to my room and have a good time type of thing and uh mm-hmm. she's like oh well why don't you go upstairs take a nap and call me in a year or whatever just like clearly uh, to- damn <laughs> yeah and uh and then uh bond shows up and He's flashing money, looking real important. And then she's like, hi, I'm Plenty. He's like, yes, of course you are. (laughs) (laughs) Plenty O'Toole. And he says, yeah, after she says Plenty O'Toole, he's like, oh, was that your father's name? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was silly. I I thought that was pretty good, too. Um, And, you know, it's funny, um, you know, uh, Sean Connery, during the making of this movie, dated both of the Bond girls. Uh, during the making of this movie oh did he yes he did so uh i I think that's pretty funny and you know they both actually spoke very highly of him i was surprised so yeah they were both really nice so i I guess maybe he came i mean it seemed like most people making these movies had really like nice things to say about him that's one thing i was gonna say so they did at the end of the diamonds are forever documentary they uh did like a little two minute tribute to Sean Connery as James Bond, where they went through all the directors and past Bond girls and not every one of them were so complimentary of him. And mm. they were just like, you know, he's always super professional on set, always super nice to us. Like, like nobody ever had anything really bad to say about mm. Sean Connery from what I could see. No. Um, even when like he came on to uh, when he signed on and he read the script for this, um, Tom Mankiewicz was also had said like he Sean Connery wanted to make some changes to the script, but it was to like other characters. It wasn't like wanting to rewrite his own dialogue. And he just said like that was the most unselfish thing he's ever seen, like an actor do in a, an yeah, opera wow. script, like <laughs> wanting other characters to have better dialogue. Yeah, not just him or make himself look like a bigger hero or something. So, mm-hmm. so you know, I, you know, cool. I, I do feel like, you know, he wanted all these movies to be successful and mm-hmm. he, uh, he wanted everyone to be at the top level. But um, yeah, that's what everyone always says. Like he was always a very nice guy. Yeah, no, I, I, I yeah, it, it's good. Um, we, we missed a line that I want to bring up whenever he's driving to Vegas and like with the casket and he's like with mob mobsters. Oh, and yeah. Like, is that your brother? And he's like, yeah, it's a, you know, that that's my brother. And then the other guy says, I, I, I have a brother, too. And Sean Connery's just like, well, it's a small world. 
a really dumb one-off joke but it, it made me laugh oh yeah he like he like, gets a ride in the hearse too yeah and, and he's like uh He's about to go sit in the back seat, but then he realizes it's a hearse, so the back seat is the coffin. The coffin. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, it's like, hey, the better seat's up here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, I reason I bring these guys up is they do show up again with plenty of tool because of course Sean Connery talks to her. You know what they have to do? They're going up to the hotel room. <laughs> you know, but the mobsters are there and they literally throw this woman out the window. <laughs> Like just like straight, just like pick her up, throw her out, and come to find out the guy's like, Oh, I didn't know there was a pool there because she actually lands safely in a pool. That's that's the best line of the whole movie. He goes like, Oh, expert shot. And and the guy's like, I didn't know there was a pool down there. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty good. Um, but you know, Sean Connery is nice, but the Lorette, the film crew was not this woman does fall topless and uh I guess it was, you know, they told her like, hey, at nighttime, you know, we're going to be shooting this. So nobody's going to be awake. And I don't know why what she was thinking, because it's Las Vegas. Las Las Vegas is always open. Nobody ever sleeps in Las Vegas. Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, I mean, we we get some other stuff. Um, He kind of gambles for a little bit. It meanders a little bit. He goes to the circus circus. Um, which it looks like such a I've been to the circus circus and is not this cool in real life there you, you, didn't, you, didn't, have, you didn't you didn't have like the little water balloons no no water balloons uh no like net with with a oh god what do you call them trapeze artists uh, yeah. like flipping all around above you that that is not a thing anymore at least the last time I went so it looked really cool <laughs> like yeah that would have been fun uh it, it like I said, it, it always looks really cool, but they uh, mm-hmm. they use it to try to get to lure Kif- that Tiffany case to like lead them back to where the jewels, and then mm-hmm. um, eventually it does lead into like a big car chase. One of the silliest car chases because uh, I guess they're filming some moon landing stuff. They're feeding into that the moon landing never happened, and Sean Connery steals. A moon car and does oh. a chase. Oh, wait, were you talking about the Mustang car chase? Yeah, I was talking about that one. Oh, okay. Well, we can go into that one. That car chase in the middle of the strip is, I actually like that one. I think it's a lot of fun, even though it's a lot of back and forth of him just like, he'll go down a road. Oh, a cop car's there. I got to turn around. And then he'll go down another road and just like turn around again. Uh, it- did did you so in the documentary where they mentioned like this one stunt specifically it was so wild like so like there's a very narrow alleyway and the car can only fit in the alleyway by driving slanted yeah so the car is only on one or on two wheels instead of four Mm -hmm. and uh they the, the car like goes in one way and they had to reshoot this one scene of it coming out of the alleyway like a bunch of times, but it kept coming out wrong. Yeah. And they only had one angle where the car comes out like it's on, it's sitting on the right side. And then when it comes out, it comes sitting on the left side. And the way they fix that is they just, they have a scene of Sean Connery and Jill St. John in the car. And they're just like slants the other way, just the, the car Which- magically 
which became slanted which it's funny because when i watched the movie i didn't notice but when they either when they pointed it i was like wow that's so silly how did they do that maneuver of like oh watch it watch watch this i'm gonna take this car slanted on one side and completely flip it to the other um but i mean hey movie magic i did not see that coming i also think it's so funny how many crowds are in the streets watching this like during this like chasing just so many people watching these cars chase each other well that's the other thing too they had to get downtown like the vegas strip shut down for like five days and that they said cubby broccoli knew a lot of people like the producer like knew like somebody like some like really high powered people that he was able to get it shut down for a couple of days Hey, look at that. Um, um, but no, the scene you were talking about is when he actually infiltrates a uh, science lab or like a, a, that's a facility. Right. Yeah. Um, and that ends with a chase in a moon car. Now this chase is silly. Like this it, is like. It's very silly. This is Bond at its silliest because he's driving this little moon car with like almost wiggly arms on it that are wiggling and he's doing, he's doing it's like jobs. a life-size like it's like he's driving the robot from lost in space yeah exactly <laughs> it is like wh- wh- what were they thinking i, I don't know it, it's fine but it's just... it's it's a little too goofy for my taste where yeah. it's like okay they're just they're literally just trying to pick out like goofy cars like what's like we did we did a little gyrocopter. We've done jetpacks. Like, what can we do next? Uh huh. And, and we'll just wait for Moonraker. Do, do when you when you get there. That's when you can do the moon car chase. Oh, moon. Yeah, exactly. Um, but now, I mean, as we get further along, come to find out, Blofeld is connected to all of this because there's like a Howard Hughes like figure in um in vegas that willard white willard white who is um he's imitating um when he stumbles on blofeld there is a clone there and i thought they would do more with this clone because they set all of this up at the the opening here we have a clone no he just dies bond kills him right it's like What's the point? (laughs) Why did you set this up? There's even a clone cat. They got two two white cats. There again, and this is one of those other moments. So, where he could have so many opportunities where Blofeld could have just killed Bond. Oh, yeah. Like Bond, Bond is like in the middle of the room without any weapons whatsoever, mm-hmm. and easily could have just shot Bond. Or Bond goes into an elevator and they're like, "Oh, gas him or whatever." Instead, instead of just you know like killing yeah. him yeah. or just or, or putting poison gas in there or just something. It's like they don't. Yeah instead they like let him stumble into like blofeld's bathroom it looks like a throne room uh and which has a camera pointed at him to record sean connery so that means that blofeld when he because this is a toilet right there's toilet paper there does that mean blofeld has a camera that just watches him while he like uses the bathroom you don't have a camera in your bathroom? I do not have a bathroom a camera in my bathroom, and there better not be a camera in my bathroom. But Nathan, no don't, hidden you camera. Came, don't you remember when you came over to my place? You used the bathroom. Well, I signed the waiver <laughs> when I entered your bathroom. <laughs> it was okay then. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, you're right. 
Bond could have easily been killed this whole time. He even lets him, there was no reason for Bond to let, like even kill this clone without them killing Bond first, where Bond literally kicks this cat at the clone and shoots the guy. It was kind of messed up, honestly. Well, I'm like, why did he have to shoot the, why did he have to kick the cat? Can you just like, just shot the guy? It didn't. I don't know. Because the the clone didn't have a gun in his hand. No, that's what I was thinking. Like, there was no point to that, but, and Sean, I guess James Bond just wanted to kick a cat, um, but he's nice to rats because he does talk to a rat later in the movie. Oh, that was the other, th- that was such a stupid way to kill somebody, like the yeah. way that they were trying to kill him. So when he goes in the elevator shaft, he gets gassed. Mm-hmm. They put him in a pipe or like a tube or whatever, and they, they bury him underground like yeah. uncon- like again unconscious he is firmly unconscious they because they drive his body out to the desert they could have they could have stabbed him they could have shot him strangled shot him. him like any so many times they could have they could have gotten out that little scorpion again and just let him bite him but no uh, it is so stupid they put him in the pipe he gets buried and then mm-hmm. he wakes up and he's just like oh all right i guess i'm getting out of here and then he just <laughs> yeah and then he just gets out he talks to a rat and i was like oh how are you doing buddy like something stinks in here and i think it's me I, well I, there was a funny thing because he's like banging on the pipes and like these construction workers show up like what is all that noise and he just he just pops out from the pipe and he's just like oh hello i was just out walking my rat <laughs> yeah that's right that that was pretty funny um <laughs> And he's got a tuxedo on. He just walks out in the desert. <laughs> yeah. Um, there, there's also another really funny scene where Blofeld, which who is kind of, you know, a presence in the other movies, kind of scary, you know, very evil. He's in drag in this movie. They totally. Um, why? Why? I, I, that was that. I forgot about that. when you mentioned, until you mentioned it. Yeah. She gets in the car and he's like in full, like makeup, blonde wig. Every, it's so funny. I was dying laughing. I, it just looked. There was no point to it either. Like it was just like a weird trap to kidnap, um, kidnap uh, Tiffany. Well, like, cause you know, he was in the, the casino so i think he was wearing that disguise so he can get out of the casino and then tiffany was just like oh, oh that, t- that t- yeah tiffany was like that cat looks familiar or whatever and then gotcha because then she gets kidnapped by blofeld and uh but after that they uh john connery's like oh i gotta go rescue that guy willard white who's mm. <laughs> we find out it is played by jimmy dean the sausage guy they interviewed him in the documentary and he's just like, Oh yeah. Thank God for sausage. (laughs) Every day is groundhog day for me. Did did you know that? I think that's how it ends. And he, they cut him off. He seems like a character, you know, he's funny in this movie. And like, I guess his boss at the time was Howard Hughes and he's playing pretty much Howard Hughes in this movie. So yeah, he's played, yeah, he plays a recluse, like living in the casino, and he's like mm-hmm. real eccentric. But which yeah. that's what Howard Howard Hughes spent his last days living in a casino. Yeah, better better than Leo, I would have to say. Uh, oh, I'm just kidding. Uh, that's 
that 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 was a joke. I can't. Did you I know? Can't. Did you did you know Martin Scorsese directed uh, Aviator? Oh, so it is better. Okay, so okay, <gasps> oh. yeah, I love. Him. Well, remember, Mar- Mar- Marty is as you know. Uh, us film I fans call him. Yeah, we call him Marty. Yeah, he uh, he he made a movie in Vegas called Casino. Yeah, and they actually killed people like normally in that movie with like gunshots and stuff. <laughs> I, now, do, do you think he do you think he liked Bond movies or did he think they were like roller coaster rides? <laughs> you know, I would like to know that. I really, I think, I think he would like Bond movies. I don't know because Roger Ebert. I did read his review for this movie, and he actually really likes Diamonds Are Forever. Like he was very like it was written a little bit later, and it was like in defense of this movie. So uh, I don't know. You know, I, sorry that was a tangent. Teach his own. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, oh, but we got to mention the the fight scene between. Oh yeah, With Sean Cam- Connery and bambi and thumper yeah they make a cameo in this one uh yeah from, from disney Di- yeah from disney yeah no there's a fight scene where they're like gymnasts doing flips and stuff and he, they kick the crap out of out of sean connery in this one uh, yeah he almost loses but then he just throws them into the pool and just about drowns them to death and watching this i really think sean connery looks like he's having too good of a time i seriously do he's like drowning these two women holding them down by his head and he he looks a little. He looks like he's doing the best acting he's done this entire movie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he eventually like holds him down enough to get the info. To, um, and Bambi, or is it Thumper? I forget which one. One of them ends up getting out. But it, did you notice that the other one does not come up for air? I think Thumper gets out. Yeah. Yeah. So Bambi, uh, Sean Connery, just first degree murder killed Bambi. First, her mom, now, now Bambi. You just got to take out the whole family, I guess. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I thought it was a pretty. I liked it. It was, oh, pretty, yeah. it was, it was different. It was fun. Um, now, and honestly, this is kind of where my enjoyment does like go down. So, like, I think, like, you know, I have a lot of complaints and stuff, but I still think it's a fun Bond movie. There's nothing like just watching Sean Connery do his thing, say some silly one-liners, have a good time. For me, the end of this movie, I think it just loses. Like, I I don't think, I really think the ending to this is not very good. Uh, um, I, I, I kind of liked it. I really? Mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, now that you say that, like, I'm thinking about, like, the stuff Tiffany does, like, in this scene. Which, yes. Which is so stupid and... Well, it's like they make this character so dumb because it, they end up on an oil rig that Blofeld has where, you know, of course he's going to destroy America. That's why he's going to take over all the missiles and destroy America. That's his plan. But there's like a cassette tape they can swap out. But like Tiffany messes it all up. Because well, cause what happens is like Tiffany grabs the right, the right case, grabs the right cassette off of Blofeld's desk. He gives it to Sean. She gives it to Sean Connery. Sean Connery does the swap where he puts like the wrong tape and the cassette player. Cause that's how it is. Is like music cues or whatever is what um, causes these lasers to launch. Yeah. So he swaps out the cassette. So now he's got like the detonating uh, cassette tape in his hand. He hands it back to Tiffany thinking, mm-hmm. you know, 
like, Hey, get rid of this. But then she's like, Oh, don't worry. I put it, I, I made the swap again. He's just like, you twit. And yeah. He like, calls her a twit. <laughs> which I'm like, I kind of get it. I mean, I don't want to be a mean, but it's like, why would he give you back the same cassette that you just gave him? I, I don't know. It, it's so weird. Puts it in her butt and then she's like, okay, I'm going to plant it again. And yeah, kind of ruins everything. But in the end, this whole cassette tape fiasco doesn't mean anything. It, no. it really doesn't because what Sean Connery sets off a signal to um, to the CIA and you know British intelligence that they can start firing upon the oil rig. So it's like, oh, these lasers don't even matter at the end of the day. Yeah, so that's that's the kind of stuff uh, with Tiffany I didn't like, and then uh, they I do think like the, when like the explosions start happening, it's actually really impressive. Like the I do explosion. think it, it does look cool because because uh, there are fake explosions and you can tell those, but the oil rig you can tell those are real explosions and they're huge. They are really cool. And then he hands Tiffany a gun and then she's just like, uh, you know, she starts firing it, but it's so powerful that she just falls backwards off into the ocean. I hated that. I hated that <laughs> so much. Like she's just like, ah, like can't control it. Um, which, you know, that oil oil rig was way off the water. She, she would be dead if I'm pretty sure she would die from that fall. Yeah. I mean, it definitely was like, I don't know, like 50 feet off the water, probably like, yeah, so she definitely could have like broken a limb or something falling from that height. Yeah. So now T- Tiffany just ends up feeling useless at the end of this movie, like some comic injection, I guess. I don't know. I guess they wanted a, a, a funny bond girl, but yeah, it didn't work for me. Um, but Connery ends up getting hold of a crane that has Blofeld in like the the little submarine he's gonna get away with in, and Sean Connery just starts slamming him <laughs> into like a wall while he's in this vehicle. It, it's it's really silly, honestly. Yeah, but you know, it's it's fine. It's fine. I mean, it's not as impressive as other ones, but they usually have to go for some big thing at the end of each movie yeah they have to it has to go big like you know you only live twice ends with a volcano eruption and like or thunderball has like that 30 minute underwater fight scene yes it does (laughs) but yeah so it has to end big in some way um i guess for me maybe i just didn't i can tell you what it is donald pleasant's um i I just think it's a bad guy i really do I, i think for me i think this blowfeld i just there's something about him like when you get to the end of the movie and you get more time with him as a bad guy i just think he's a weak weak villain well i mean for me they they literally could have called this character anything else besides blofeld and would have just as much of an effect yeah i could see that yeah exactly i mean if you call i mean if it wasn't blofeld and it was just some other name or what i i I don't think it would have mattered yeah he was still would have just been a boring villain even if yeah. it was just Goldfinger's brother or something. They, they could have said it was Goldfinger's brother for all, right, for all you care, and it still would have had the same effect. But. Yeah. but I will say, at the end of the day, as we come to a close, um, I do enjoy this one. I do think it's an enjoyable bond, and, like, you know, it's silly, it's funny, um, but it definitely doesn't hit, like, the higher ranks for me. I don't, I don't think it's as good as some of the other ones. Um, but, you know... It's definitely not bad. I don't think it's, I don't even think it's really bad. It's, 
it's kind of just a comfy bond. This is like a bond you throw on when you just want to, you know, it's a bond movie. It's enjoyable. Well, it's a Oscar nominated bond movie again. Yeah. For song sound. Yeah. Sound sound. Okay. And didn't win, but, uh, I, uh, it, it's, it's a solid one. It's a, it's a worthy addition into the collection. Not the best one, but no. I would definitely give this one a recommend. It's definitely, oh, yeah. if you, I mean, like I said, if you, if you love Sean Connery, I mean, it's, it's more of the same pretty much. So more of the same too bad. It's the end, uh, at least of his Eon movies. He does return again later, but in an unofficial type role we'll get to that eventually spoilers i know (laughs) um Uh, but i think uh, that's it but did we want to oh actually i wanted to ask do you know how much what the box office is on this one by any chance i do i wanted to bring that up really quickly so this one cost 7.2 million and it made 116 million so once again this is a smash hit i let me really check really quickly to see okay yeah and that actually is more money than honor majesty secret service who in total made 83 million and then you only live twice only made 111 million so this kind of hits around the same mark for that one so once again i would say this this is a hit like it, they were they were one they were wanting sean connery back big time yeah exactly because i mean sure honor majesty secret service made you know it made money but not quite as much as the other movies. Because, yeah, Thunderball, 140 million. Goldfinger was 125. Like That's it, still, like, that's astro- I, like com- for the 60s, like, holy crap, like 100, 140 exactly. million. It, it is absolutely insane. These movies are huge box office hits. And now if a movie grosses only 100 million, it's like a failure. Yeah, I think that's like what? <laughs> uh, the modern, like, Shazam 2 made, like, $30 million. And like 30 million, like for like a small budget movie, like, oh, great, great. But no, nowadays that's like 30 million. Holy crap, what a bomb. Nobody saw yeah. that garbage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think that does wrap it up. I think we both recommend this one. But since we're done with the Sean Connery bonds, I thought we'd get together and rank them all. Uh, we'll take all six of the Bond movies, uh, Sean Connery Bond movies, and decide what's the best to worst but why don't we start with where, where do you want to start worst or best uh i guess we should start at best because i think we both have the same best yeah we do i'm gonna guess goldfinger yeah goldfinger is my number one yes gold goldfinger is one of my favorite movies i think goldfinger is like the perfect bond movie it's what i love it's silly it's the perfect yeah. bond movie i always tell people like if you want to watch james bond watch goldfinger yeah I, and i totally agree i think that's just a great one um all right so number two then second best um i went with you only live twice did um, you okay i, I did because you, you didn't sound like you were gonna because I, I had mentioned that at one point and mm-hmm. you're like no i don't think it, it it does i think looking at everything again it for me, it is a to- toast, uh, close, toast. Clo- sorry, toast. It's close to my number three pick, which I won't reveal. But you only live twice is one that I keep thinking about since we watched it. And I think like if there's a fun, silly bond, 
that is like the perfect silly bond like it's just a really good time super cheesy if you want the bond cliches that's the one with them it's a fun time so i i'm gonna put it up there that one probably has the most tropes of any other like that get that get parodied the most but Mm -hmm. i went in a different direction i went dr no for my, for my second i i thought about doing you only live twice in the, in the second spot but then i'm like you know what i i think dr no like i i've forgotten because it's been so far since i'd seen dr no but then like re-watching it, i'm like this, this movie's very strong yeah and very strong start so i i think you know that's a great starting point for the series and considering <laughs> what weight that movie had to carry basically just being like if this one movie fails they're not making any other ones mm-hmm. it had a, it had a lot to accomplish yeah and look at it now we're like 30 movies into this franchise and it's we, 60 years yeah it's crazy and, and that leads into my number three my number three is dr no it was a very close pick between you only live twice and dr no for me and i i still think it's really close dr no is a great start it's a lot of fun and uh like you said it has a lot of weight to carry and i think it i think it does it well i think like if you wanted to start the bond movies and you started from the beginning you're not picking a bad way to start it off no i mean there is very very little continuity in these movies are pretty much standalone and Mm -hmm. that's one of the ones where it's like you could start at the beginning and or I mean, I mean, even if you didn't start there, you could still watch that one like as your third or fourth movie, and you still would it'd still be like, wow, this is great. I yeah, I totally agree. Um, um, my like, third would also would go back to uh, you only live twice. You know, gotcha. I like I said, that's probably the movie I had seen the second most, mm-hmm. and it again like I. Just, great setting for that movie just i loved like the overall look and feel of that movie and um a lot of people don't like that sean connery one because it is so silly but i think it works very well in my book i agree i think it's a very funny movie and i i actually really like that about it um my number four is going to be from russia with love did you pick the same thing i did yeah from russia with love it's just a classic one it, it 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 sets up a lot of what Dr. No started and runs with it even more. Run like great locales. Um, yeah, from Russia with Love is just a solid entry for me. Um, even though Dr. No is like a really strong pick, mm-hmm. I uh, I really think like from Rush with Love is where like Sean Connery like became James Bond. Yeah. Like like that's like the one where he like totally has like a feel for the character and how he's supposed to act and look and that type of thing so uh from rush with love like i think a lot of a lot of people have seen that one and a lot of people say this is the best sean connery one Um, which i can understand and i totally get it but um and i want to say too uh, no matter when we get to the end of my list all these movies are good so it's not like yeah at the even at the the bottom list it's it's like i said i haven't seen a bad sean connery movie ever that's what i was gonna say i I wanted to state that because they're into our bottom two now and even if they're not as good as the others that's mainly because the others are really good movies and like even then these last two 
are still solid entries. I still think they're good. Um, I wonder how you ordered it because I think you like one of them better than me. I'm putting Diamonds Are Forever at my number five. I put um, Thunderball at you put my th- number that, five. That's what I thought. Um, but I, I pick. I guess if I were to pick one, I think I like. I, I don't really like either of their endings all that much. I think that was my complaint for both. I think I would rather put up with maybe the silliness of Diamonds Are Forever, and I like the Vegas locale a little bit better. I don't know what it is about Thunderball, but I just it works so well for me, and I yeah, I I. I really like the beginning of that one a lot and it kind of putters out towards the end. I will agree. And that's Mm -hmm. what, that's what keeps it from being in the top spot. But again, like still really strong pick for me, a good solid movie into the franchise. And I, I mean, I could have been swayed either way for diamonds are forever, but like I said, and the whole reasoning why that one's at the bottom for me is just because even though there isn't a bad performance by him, I don't think he has the same energy, like I said. And I think he's very much on like, all right, this is my last one. You know, I'm just, I'm here to get this one done so I can move yeah. on with my life. It, it, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I totally get that. But I guess that's our ranking, right? That's... Wait, that's... well, let me, well, okay, let me ask you, do we, are we saving on her majesty's for like a final ranking where we do all of them or we or should we throw that into the list why not we can throw it in um uh, th- this adds a new a new thing into here so give me a second what, where would you put it for me i would put it just above from russia with love so that would be my new number four no um, i i totally i think i i think that's where it's going to end up for me as well so that would be right there it's it's better than some of the other Sean Connery movies. Um, in term, this is me just strictly as a movie. That's why I'm putting it. Like I said, I I like other Sean Connery. I like Sean Connery better as a Bond, but mm-hmm. as a movie as a whole, for me being completely non biased, that that's where it would be. Yeah, no, I, I would put it there um, because I did like the change as a movie. I like its seriousness. I like its tone, and I, I like what it brought to the Bond to the Bond franchise. And I think it's kind of fresh, and I enjoy I enjoyed that about it. it. It is a really close pick between that and From Russia, but I'm trying. I think about when I rank things like which one would I rewatch first? I'd rewatch Honor Majesty's Secret Service before From Russia with Love. Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, um, that's it. That's there it. we are. We wrapped up. Um, so yeah, that was for our big send off to Connery. Honestly, uh, so yeah, we're, we'll we'll be back again. James Bond will return as Roger Moore in uh, Live and Let Die. But Ryan, what are we going? What are we going to be covering on Thursday? Well, Nathan, you see this button? Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I have to push the button. I'm sorry, you're not gonna like it. Okay, what's it gonna do? Uh, hit it. Well, Nathan, that was Gabra. Um, and it's going to be from our, you're like, who's Gabra? Well, we have our next Godzilla movie. And I'm very sorry to say <laughs> that it's all monsters attacks, AKA Godzilla's revenge, which is free on YouTube. 
You can go watch that right now. I don't want to give away too much about it on the preview, but because we have a lot to say about this one, I'm sure. Yep. All right. Well, I'm excited to talk about that one. If you enjoyed today's episode and you want to send us an email or if you want to recommend something to us, send an email over to us at drive in double feature podcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet at us at DIDF pod. And one more time, that Patreon is drive in double feature podcast. And we'll see you next time. Until next time.